Welcome to the Mind Your Body podcast. My name is Jenny Helms, and I'm an emotional eating coach and marriage and family therapist. I help people address the roots of their disordered eating and body image issues. I'm Lisa Perkins, owner of Primal Transformations. I'm a certified personal trainer and precision nutrition coach. I use a paleo framework to help clients transform their health, body, and life. The Mind Your Body podcast is all about empowering you to live your best life. We aim to grow a community of empowered women who are ready to transform their health and lives using a real approach that is all about getting back in touch with ourselves and not fueled by self-loathing. This journey requires a healthy dose of humor, perspective, and self-compassion. Our goal for this podcast is to help you achieve sustainable results that you get to keep. Please remember, the following podcast is not intended to be a substitute or implied to be medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with your healthcare provider when making changes to your diet and lifestyle. Welcome to the show. This is a Mind Your Body podcast, episode number 37, Embracing Imperfection and Other Superpowers for Getting and Staying Healthy. Do you think we could have come up with a longer title? That was a really long title. I I was like, I I hope I say that without any... (laughs) I wanted to include bullet points underneath. (laughs) Um, But Embracing Imperfection, for short. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big one, and I think it's timely because here we are in the middle of the holiday season and on the cusp of the new year, new you onslaught. Of crazy culture. Yeah. Craziness. So this is really the time of year that we want to, even if you've kind of heard us talk about this, but we really want you to kind of check back in with some of these key concepts and embracing imperfection, accepting it, celebrating it, Mm -hmm. just understanding that we are messy humans and Mm -hmm. that is life. Mm -hmm. That is one of the key tenets of both getting healthy and staying healthy in all ways. Yes. Mentally, emotionally, physically. I was going to become a robot this year, January 1st. Yes, I decided that I was, yes, I was going to become a robot. I'll buy you a can of WD-40 and and call it good. (laughs) And be perfect. Um, I decided that. Uh, Yeah, no, I think this is really good for this time of year. But, you know, like you said, a good reminder for all of us um, in our journeys because, yeah, it's this whole we have to become perfect and change crazy things about ourselves mm-hmm. is not a good perspective. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's why um, we see this every year. And I'm sure some people actually don't even set New Year's goals or any sort of goals because um, they don't believe in it anymore because they've seen the cycle of we're going to, you know, do all the crazy things in an extreme way. And then by February, you mm-hmm. know. Well, it's, it's a derailed. joke, you know, how the gyms are packed <clears throat> in January. And I think it's Super Bowl. That's usually when... It's like we're done. It's like we're they're Super watching Bowl Athletic Sunday. Beach mm-hmm. and they're like, yeah, yep. we're just gonna kick back and we're gonna eat some corn some dogs and Doritos <laughs> and call it good for 2020. <laughs> it's a good run. It's so true, yep. though. Yep. But yeah, it, you know, it, it it is funny, but it's also exhausting and mm-hmm. draining, and we have <clears> devoted. So many countless hours to thinking about, okay, what's the next new plan, researching, you know, getting on the next 
kind of big fad and we have to let it go. We really do. We have to breathe, let go of drama and just kind of lean in to what what can work for us, mm-hmm. for our body. So, you know, the problem is that when we set ourselves up thinking we have to be perfect, when we make a mistake, that's when we, you know, again, we make a meaning about ourselves. We go straight to shame. We believe, okay, this can't work for people like me. All we're doing is focusing on the obstacles. It just feels so hard that our ego literally cannot handle the friction of it. We feel overwhelmed, and that's where we throw in the towel. We're like, okay, I'll get back to this when life calms down. Yeah. And it's – I just – now that, like – I mean, obviously, I've struggled with this a lot in my life and perfectionism in general. But I'm I'm also trying to understand from the other side, like, I wonder what's useful about us going – not, like, useful, like, we should do this, but, like, Mm -hmm. what – what – like what part of it is helpful? Oh, well, I can um, tell you. Yeah, tell me more ding, about ding, that ding, from ding. like trying to be I wish perfect. I had a buzzer. Because I think that it's not like we're all crazy people because oh, I think no. we all struggle with no. this and having to resist this friction. Yeah. No, we crave certainty. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. If there is a roadmap with checklists and rules, then we can look at that and go, okay, I we think we're guaranteed that if I do all of this perfectly, then I will get the outcome that I am told that I will. You know, the whole thing about if I restrict 3,500 calories, I will lose a pound of fat. Mm -hmm. Well, our bodies do not work that way. Right. Right. And, yeah. Our our bodies are not thermostats. And then, like, even deeper than that, like, the meaning they think about what achieving that goal will do for them. Right? I am certain that I will achieve this goal, so I am therefore... I'll be happy or confident well, or whatever it is. What's what's sad about that is <clears throat> I think the vast majority of us don't even think that deeply about it. I'm not it. thinking they're not thinking right? it. They're not thinking I know it. I wasn't. Like Mm-mm. like when people come to me even now and again, I of course query a little deeper, but when they come to me, they say, "Well, I want to lose X number of pounds." And that's where we dig like why? How will that enhance your life? Mm-hmm. What do you, th- how do you think your life will be different? Mm-hmm. How will you show up differently than you're able to show up now? Mm-hmm. Is there some reason that losing 20, 30, 50 pounds would allow you to have a relationship when you can't have one, for example, right. have one now? Right. So that's where part of this process and the things that we'll talk about, it really is about kind of getting to know ourselves again and really understanding what is driving our behaviors because that's, a lot of us are kind of bumbling along, you know, signing up for things and really not being clear as to what's motivated us to do that. What right. are we even seeking? Is it fe- a lot of times it's fear. Right? Right? It's fear of not being acceptable. Right? Or fear, yeah, or like thinking that somehow, like I know for for my own journey in, in perfectionism or achieving goals, it was like if I could do this, then I would avoid pain and suffering and depression Mm -hmm. and whatever else, right? Like it was an avoidance Mm -hmm. of the icky parts of my life, so to speak. Um, Instead of learning how to regulate and tolerate and accept and embrace that their messy parts of life, right? All of that. Um, But I think the other like big, like, because I'm always systemically thinking about things, so I, I go big picture sometimes, but it's interesting that, that around this time of year, I think culture 
itself. Absolutely. It's like the marketing and all these big companies are preying on oh. the fact that there's fear and they want people to feel like they're not good enough. They want them to feel shame. They want them to feel And they want people to feel like they're out of control. <clears throat> right. This and time that of they're year. selling them mm-hmm. you know this plan or this way we'll come in of, and save you yes from yourself to save people right right and, and so and people buy into it mm-hmm. for sure the yeah. other the other piece of it and this is something you know I've talked about a lot is that it is a way of feeling a sense of control in your life where other areas of your life may not feel in control well mm-hmm. this would be my default for so many years okay maybe other areas of my life are you know, I'm not knowing how to fix it. Relationships, parenting issues, finances, whatever it happens to be. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to scurry back to my fitness pal. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's an area where, okay, it it was sort of like an emotional regulation tool. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, I feel soothed knowing that I can exert control over this. Of course, I don't do it anymore, but I I view that as kind of a check engine light. If mm-hmm. I if that thought is triggered in my mind, I'm like, okay, where am I feeling kind of out of alignment, out of control, out of balance mm-hmm. somewhere else in my life? Mm-hmm. You know, and I may just, not be yeah. able to figure it out immediately, but I certainly don't default back mm-hmm. to that because it is not remotely helpful. Right. And you have the self-awareness and the ability to pause if any now of that I ever do. Creeps up. Right. I'm saying yeah. now that you've gone mm-hmm. through that journey. Yeah. But we're sharing that. Like, I think it's helpful to actually share that thought because I know that that is some people's default. And I know in my own brain, like when I was you know, back in the eating disorder days, I, yeah, that was definitely mm-hmm. a default for me mm-hmm. where, you know, if I just change this or control this or if I can whatever, like, and it was pure avoidance, mm-hmm. right? Oh, that's absolutely it. And so the reason that we're talking about some of these kind of superpowers that, you know, once in place will help you look through the right lens, mm-hmm. you know, kind of stay on the path towards real health before you even start thinking about food or exercise or any other tactical strategies, you have to scale it back and start thinking about, okay, what is driving my behavior? Is it fear? Is it a desire for control? Right? Mm -hmm. What, why do I even want this in the first place? Because you don't have to. Right. Or why does it have to look this way? Right. When we get into that rigid plan way versus like being like, how many, like, how can I be open to looking at this as, like, you right. know, I know and we're going to talk about curiosity. definitely what we're going to talk about. Yeah, we're going to talk about this below. But, yeah. but it, if you are, you, if you are still in that space of feeling like, okay, it has to be perfect, it has to have a name, whether it's keto, I'm a vegan, whatever it is, then you are setting yourself up for rigid over control and then feeling like, oh my gosh, I made one mistake, I'm off the wagon. I never stick to anything. I just need somebody to hold me accountable and slap food out of my hand. Mm-hmm. You know, th- again, that's something that I hear often when, when people come to me. They say, I just need someone to hold me accountable. Wait, you're not just slapping food out of people's hands? That's not your job? I, I can't. Like, I, I laugh at that, but I literally can't. Like, some yeah. one of my clients, he was joking, and he sent me a video. You know, there was some <laughs> funny video about a coach running into a fast food place and slapping food out of his client's hand. He's like, you know, this is the opposite of how you operate. And I just think it is really sad that we think that about ourselves, that that's what we need, that we are so 
disempowered. Uh, yes, yeah. we feel disempowered and we feel like we can't remotely trust ourselves. And so that's where, you know, we want to kind of go back to, we have kind of four basic categories that we're going to talk about today that mm-hmm. even if you've listened to our podcast, you know, since we started, these are things we need to be reminded of. Yeah, to these check are, in, whether yes. it's about this area or like, honestly, I just think about applying this to any these area apply where, across the board. Right, because for me, like right now, like my... I can get this way about business stuff Absolutely. at times and having to figure out like, That's it. you know, how do I yeah. just breathe yeah. through this and let it be, let it be imperfect. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, I feel like I, like every day it's sort of checking in and, and kind of assessing the internal environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, yes. so the first one, I think Jenny and I are absolutely, you know, on the same page on this is the first step really has to be self-compassion and letting go of shame or at least acknowledging these things. Like it's not something that you can just toss out the window. Right. Right. You know, that sounds simplistic, but the, the self-compassion piece is about really giving yourself credit for that. You have been doing your best heretofore given Mm -hmm. the tools that you've been given, given the environment that you grew up in, given the culture that we live in. Mm-hmm. We've been doing our best. And for many of us, our toolbox for coping, for self-soothing, for emotional regulation has been really limited. Yes. And I, I was working with a client on this the other day, and I asked her to simply um, just come up with some self-compassionate like words that she could say to herself or even just, and it sounds like I don't always do that, but for her, like she, she could not come up with like graceful, self-compassionate phrases. Mm -hmm. Like I gave that to her as homework and she came back and she was like, that was really hard for Mm -hmm. me to do. She's like, I was Googling it. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) she was like, because there's such a disconnect Mm -hmm. if you've been living your life, judging yourself or Mm -hmm. shaming yourself. So like, I I think think that's the vast majority of us. Yeah. And I I mean, that was how, I mean, I forgot that that was how entrenched I was too in the past because I've been so, you know, now I've been in a space where I'm, 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 Mm-hmm. just think so differently that I forget that pe- some people don't even have the language mm-hmm. for self-compassion. I certainly never <laughs> did. And, and for me, like it, I can't, I can't tip too far over into the woo woo, right? That's just a bridge too far for my brain. It just is. So, but what I can say to myself is I know my body is doing its best for me. Yes. Given the inputs. Okay, it's not perfect. I don't have to say, oh, I love every bit of my body. Well, I don't think that's self-compassion. I okay. think that's like... A lie. A lie, yeah. And I don't think you... Sh- I don't think lies are but good, But a lot but of people think that's what's necessary. Yeah, well, I think of more of like... And again, I see this disconnect all the time too, where if a friend comes to you and shares their struggles, how do you respond to them? right? Versus like, and how do you respond to yourself internally when you're having similar struggles? Like there's this disconnect where people are like, well, I would say this and I would be like, oh, it, it's okay. Like, you know. Oh yeah. And that is it a happens, helpful It happens tool. to the best of us. Like sure. they would say things like that and that would never be the language they use for but themselves. That, and again, that's, that's how I, you know, coach my clients is what would you say to someone else? And then. In this scenario, that is helpful. At, at times, too, some people have struggled because they don't give that grace to other people either. Oh, interesting. Or it's okay. different based on. So I did have a client where she was like, well, 
Um, if I'm close to somebody, I'm harder on them. Mm, but if it's a stranger, okay. I weirdly, like, develop mm, empathy and compassion. So, anyway, okay. these are just, like, not that we have to go into that rabbit hole too much, but these are just things to consider yeah. as, like, what is your relationship with compassion in general? I I, I just think it's super important to acknowledge that we did not invent the diet culture that we live in. Mm-hmm. We didn't invent this weird relationship with food and body image, right? That has all been handed to us. And again, it's going to be different for everyone, depending on how you grew up and the messages that you received. But in general, it's not a very healthy message. No. You know, that that we're getting that, oh gosh, our bodies are doing their best. We should partner with our bodies. Did you ever hear that? No. 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 It's, and I mean, it's, yeah, no, not at all. And it's not helpful, but yeah, it's just what I think, honestly, you know, with marketing it's what and with sells. our, yeah, it's what sells no, we, and what our parents truly believed. And that's, you know, that's how capitalism works is that we have to send the message to people that there are things that are broken. That's how we sell face cream and lotion and tummy tucks and, you know, all the things. Right. Because if you don't fill a gap mm-hmm. between how you are now and how you might show up in a more happy way and be more confident, right? right? We're taught that that's required. And we're meaning-making creatures. Totally. So if we have other, if we do have true gaps or voids or, or suffering or pain in our lives, we like to assign meaning to a much more surface level thing. That's right. Like it'd be way easier right. if all this like Good point. stuff I'm dealing with is about appearance. Well, and so, and that goes that. back to what I was saying before yeah. as far as like, okay, well, I can't fix, you know, this thing that's happening with my teenager, mm. but here's what I can control, yeah. right? So I'm going to look over here, <laughs> right? And right. and again, without when you're not really self-aware of why you're well, doing and, what you're doing. And sometimes it's scary, too, because sometimes it's not even that clear. Like, when people start to, like, let that go, they have these complex emotions come up, and they're, like, they've been ignoring them for so long that they don't even know what they're tied to. Well, right. I didn't. That's what that's I'm saying. Scary. I didn't, yeah. I didn't yeah. know any of it. I mean, it was literally so. But I think know, it's helpful to, I think I like to hash that out for people because if they're like, well, when I go there, I just feel anxiety or discomfort and I don't know what it's about. And I'm like, right. exactly. And yeah. I, and we've been there too. Like mm-hmm. that Absolutely. was how it was for us too. Absolutely. And that's where understanding that, okay, I'm going to acknowledge that there's some uncertainty about this. I'm not really sure why this area is uncomfortable or why I'm motivated to do this thing or avoid that thing, but I'm going to acknowledge that feeling and let that percolate a little bit. Let my subconscious kind of work on that. I'm not just going to avoid that feeling. So, so the first step is being compassionate for everything that we've done for our, our old coping tools, for, you know, whatever we've done to feel safe and grounded and soothed ourselves and again, for a lot of us, that has been emotional eating, right? Our, our toolbox for self-soothing has been very limited. So I know in my coaching and I know in your practice, mm-hmm. we're helping people build a bigger toolbox and not saying that, okay, we're all emotional eaters sometimes. There's nothing wrong with that. Where it starts to feel, you know, disempowering is when that's our only tool right. and it's happening so frequently and we're ashamed of it then it's not, that's not soothing anymore. 
Right. Well, and I, I think just like you wouldn't put all of your eggs in one basket totally. with relationships, you shouldn't do that with your coping exactly. tools. Either. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So so that's the first kind of broad category, you know, things to really help us kind of lay the foundation for oh, taking a deep breath and going, okay, the way I've, I've behaved, my perspective with food, my relationship with my body, all of that does not predict how I will show up moving forward. Yeah. I I am fresh in every moment. I get to choose to do things a little bit differently moving forward. That doesn't mean an overhaul, but it's a dis- it, to me that feels so liberating to say that doesn't define me. Yes. Right? Yes. I get to do differently. I get to learn to take better care of myself. Yes. So that's that's a key foundation. The next one that I think is really powerful is deciding not to give up mm-hmm. on yourself. That, you know, creating a healthy life. And again, that doesn't mean about being dogmatic and living off of, you know, broccoli and kale. But deciding that our health, our body, that that we are worth it. We're worth the investment of time and energy to kind of figure things out a little bit. Mm-hmm. That is really important. Because again, we tend to default back to that on the wagon, off the wagon. Mentality. Mentality. Yeah. And that's not about being healthy. Right. When I think when I love phrasing this as like your relationship with food, because I think people Absolutely. connect the dots better there. Yes. We're like, we know that like, you know, we have our vows and our, you know, vows and weddings are in sickness and in health. Like it's not until you fuck up, then we're, yeah. you know, sorry, I should probably shouldn't have said the F bomb on like yeah. a podcast, but no, it's true, though. now it's going to be explicit. Um, but yeah, it's not until you mess up and, yeah. you know, and then I'm not going to believe in you anymore and be committed to you as a partner. Right. So, like hundred percent. And that's <clears> the, that's how I sort of am able to shortcut this message with clients because most of my clients have kids. And I say, okay, if you're, if your child made a mistake, a big mistake, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, that, yeah, that was bridged too far. Yep. Done. You're out. Done with parenting. Like, like <laughs> we're done. And we, you know, most of us as parents, like we've made that decision and we have gone through the fires of hell with yes. our kids, at least, you know, definitely raised my hand there and I will never give up on my kids, no matter what, literally no matter what. And so we need to embrace part of that to say, you know what, just because I make a mistake, just because there will be obstacles. We know that, you know, lack of time, limited budget, lack of social support, all of the things, those are real. Yes. But when you decide not to give up, all of a sudden we start to find solutions Mm -hmm. to those obstacles. Do they have to be perfect? No, they don't. In fact, they can't be. Right. Because life isn't perfect and it's ever changing. Right. And circumstances change. There will be illnesses. There will be job changes, layoffs. Right. right? There will be all kinds of things that happen. But if you're like, no, my health is worth it, I'm going to do what I can do instead of putting all of my energy on just what I can't do. Exactly. You know? So deciding not to give up you know it requires us to embrace imperfection to be honest with ourselves rather than kind of defaulting back to the i'll get back to this when life calms down that kind of thing we have to have some boundaries around it right again if we are just kind of letting others dictate you know our schedule what we eat then 
yeah, that's a capitulation. So we have to kind of advocate for ourselves, be willing to stand up for ourselves a little bit, um, be solution seekers, you know, for the inevitable obstacles that arise. Take things one choice at a time. That's what life is. It is. It is one choice and then another choice. And it's the accumulation of all those little penny steps. Yeah. That add up to our life. And we know that intuitively about other things. I think that we kind of see that a little more clearly. But I think when it comes to our health, we sort of, it's like go big or go home. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting for us to pay attention to what are the areas that we get weirdly rigid with where we're like, all of a sudden, one out of, like, and I even think of it like in grading, you know, we know that like, I mean, if you got one out of 10 incorrect, you still get an A. Like that's still pretty. And I'm like, D's get degrees. And like, I I like to think of it sometimes in percentage because I have a lot of people. D's get degrees. Yeah. Yeah. Do you not? uh, That probably made you cringe, didn't it? What? <laughs> I think you should just give up if you get a D. <laughs> I say D's get degrees. Um, I'm they do. I mean, because here's the thing, and I say that because I have I have clients where it's like, like for instance, I got D's, believe it or not, in math in college, and I still had a really awesome GPA, and I still learned a wicked ton of cool things, but like I know that at that time that was like mm-hmm. the end of the world to me mm-hmm. to get a D, but it's like. Gosh, I wish I had learned this earlier. And I see it in my in my clients too when they're, you know, whether that's actual school and it's tangible like that or like their work life where it's like or in food or whatever where it's like it's it's fine. Like it's okay. Like overall your GPA mm-hmm. like is still well, going to be okay, right? Like we're taking that big picture. Yes, absolutely. Perspective. I I know for myself I I feel like in terms of my education, and and this does apply. I know it sounds like we're out on a tangent, but when I was growing up, school, that kind of thing came fairly easy to me. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I got into college, I'm like, what? Wait a second. I really have to work hard now. I didn't have the grit, kind of. And when I say grit, what I mean is an ability to work through the friction. Right, a commitment, right? The, co- the decision. Well, I, I was committed to figuring it out, mm-hmm. but boy, I it was kind of like I had to develop those skills and tools on the fly. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even really know that that was a thing. I didn't realize that I didn't have a tolerance for things being really hard, mm-hmm. right? I just had never really had to, had to develop that muscle. And I think that is a part of this because, you know, when things do get hard, it feels a little extra to make your lunch instead of going through a drive-thru or whatever. Um, that's when we can start telling ourselves, you know what? I don't even care anyway. Mm-hmm. This, is, I'm like, it's, I'm not even getting the results that I want. This isn't even worth it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even care. Mm-hmm. And it sounds so true to our brain, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, and, and I know that that's why people drop classes sometimes. They're, you know, the, the class feels hard. And instead right. of going and getting a tutor or budgeting a little more time to study and being willing to be a beginner yes, and say, okay, yeah, I maybe didn't have the foundations for this math class or whatever. Yes. You know, so I know for some of us that is a piece of this, that we yes. just don't kind of have that um, friction tolerance yes. for like, ugh, I'm not... This feels kind of hard. It doesn't feel super sexy or rewarding. Like a lot of the a lot of the habits that make up a healthy life, they're boring. 
They are, yeah. They and you really have to are. Be, you have to be committed to to boring and okay with that. You do, and, and it, it sort of, you know, it becomes mm-hmm. kind of your new normal in time, but in the beginning it isn't. Right. And you have to kind of work through that, and you have to be willing to look for all of the non-scale victories yes. that happen because that's really where your quality of life starts to improve. Right. With kind of healthier food, getting a little more movement, prioritizing sleep, maybe doing engaging in a little bit of a mindfulness practice or something like that. Oh my gosh, so much changes, you know, in terms of your energy, your cognition, your mood, your stress resilience, your immune system, you, you know, your digestive system, all of these things start to improve. But if all you've focused on, because that's what you've been taught, is, yeah, but the scale hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. I or, mean, yeah, but I didn't do it perfectly. It, th- then this isn't mm-hmm. working. Yes. It's not working. And it's like, wait, you just like threw out a laundry list of things that are, you know, your skin is better, whatever. Yeah. Like, there's so many things that have, have improved. But again, we have received the marketing message that it's only the external, you know. Stuff that counts. Results, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The, the number on the scale. So this is us taking our power back. Yes. And saying, I deserve to feel good whether nobody see, nobody else sees it. Right. Like, this is about me feeling really as good as I can feel in my own skin. And, you know, like... And what's the point of it, right? What's the point of it that, anyway? That's what we have to discern is like, okay, I'm doing this because, oh my gosh, I want to alleviate depression. Mm-hmm. I want to have a better quality of life. And for myself, here I am at 51, I want freedom. Mm-hmm. As I get older, I want to be free of the kind of most common diseases of aging as best I can. Right. Right. I want to do what I can, but I want to do it in as gentle and unrestrictive, non-dogmatic of a manner mm-hmm. as possible. And so that's why you and I are talking is because we want to help people shortcut this process that, yes, there are things to pay attention to that are worth paying attention to. Yes. Right? And there, there is stuff to let a go. A lot of, most of the stuff. Right. Right? right. That's, that's the beautiful thing. So, yes. So understanding that, yes, there will be learning opportunities each and every day. You know, we tend to call those mistakes or we messed up or drop the F-bomb like my- <laughs> In the um, middle of a podcast. Compadre over here. <laughs> If you can view it as a learning opportunity, again, becoming the scientist in your own life and saying, saying, um, okay, now we're giggling, Um, saying to myself, okay, yeah, that didn't go as I wanted it to, right? That didn't go as planned. Or maybe I didn't think that through and maybe I didn't like budget my alcohol for the evening, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever it happens to be, that's where you don't, okay, now I'm going to sit in my puddle of shame Mm. and self-flagellation and beat myself up. And honestly, I think a lot of us think that's required in order to have willpower. If I don't beat myself up, I will be, who knows what I'll do. Yeah. Well, and even in my own journey, it was funny because I I still remember the day when I was sitting like in a therapy session, I was like, if I don't have my stress, how will I get anything done? Like, I really believe like I needed shame and stress in my life. To get stuff I've, done, yeah, you know, and, and it's it's interesting, way. huh? Yeah. I've lived that way for a long time, and it is. It, yes. it feels a little risky. To change to, fuel. To experiment mm-hmm. with kind of letting go of that. I mean, it's... 
yeah, it's a different lens. Right. And and if you so the same applies to letting go of drama around choices that you don't feel good about. You know, it kind of I I always have this image of like a Victorian fainting couch. In the past, if I made a mistake, I would, you know, get my hanky and oh, flail down onto my fainting couch and then, you know, lay there and you know, turn on the thought faucet mm. of all the bad things about myself. And then quite likely I would probably make about 50 more mistakes after mm. that or whatever, just kind of go limp. And it's pretty amazing to kind of see that fainting couch sitting there in my mind and go, no, what's my next good choice? Mm-hmm. I'm just going to step right over the drama. Yeah, I might get curious later when I'm not stressed about it. Mm -hmm. or whatever, when I'm chill, I might get curious about, okay, how did I end up having three drinks when I only meant to have one? Whatever, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, yeah, I probably should have a better plan Mm -hmm. next time because I don't feel how I want to feel. It's not because it's wrong. Mm -hmm. It's that I know that doesn't work well for me. Right. Right? Right. So that's the key. This is about letting go of rules, what seems to work for somebody else because we really can't know. We know what people say they're doing. We don't know what they're actually doing. That's true. That is really, really important. I work in the health and fitness industry. There, I mean, (laughs) the percentage of... But that's an interesting thing itself. Yeah. That's a whole different thing. But that's where we have to really just kind of tune in, listen to the signals our body is sending us all the time. Okay. For me, was I comfortably able to get from breakfast to lunch without my brain zapping out without sugar cravings, right? Without getting hungry. If no, then I'm not going to freak out. I'm going to eat some food. Mm -hmm. And then tomorrow I'm going to adjust my breakfast. Mm -hmm. I I need a big breakfast. Mm -hmm. That's one thing I've learned. It's really interesting because I used to eat so frequently. And so it felt weird to me to start making, like, bigger meals. I, yeah. I literally, my breakfast looks like a lumberjack. <laughs> yeah, and I, it is, it, when you change those things, you have to take into account that it's it's going to feel weird. It does feel weird. Change but, things, but if you but... can view it like this is an experiment, mm-hmm. and that just because you do something one time or one day, you didn't set in stone what you now have to do forever. Right. And that that applies to, like, small, like, improvements. Like, okay, today, you know what? I, I'm going to choose a sparkling water instead of a soda. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you don't ever get a soda. Mm-hmm. You get to choose again. You're a grown adult. Yeah. Like, and, and again, reminding ourselves that, you know, taking off the pressure and all that friction. Because we get overwhelmed, like, three months in the future. When we're like, get oh, pre-TSD. my gosh, I'm, you know... <laughs> I'm not having donuts and your your brain is interpreting that as I don't ever get anything yummy ever again, ever till I die. Right. Our inner child just is flailing and having a tantrum. So that's where we just breathe. Take it one choice at a time. Yes. One you choice know? at a time. And again, that doesn't feel very sexy and it that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Okay, we gotta hurry up. Yep, we, we gotta move on. We, we get we keep other... we we told ourselves we would spend ten minutes per section. We are and the worst. here we are. Um, <laughs> and the the next ses- section session. <laughs> I'm in therapy therapist mindset. We should be in um, the third session right we, now. We are in the third session. <laughs> is to nourish yourself over restricting yourself and having the mindset of I am here 
to nourish myself. This is not me punishing myself because I'm some, you know, my body is bad and evil and I can't trust it. Right. I need to get this icky yuck, yuck. off my body. Yes. No. Exactly. Got to let go of that. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, again, I think if you're still uh, going back to the relationship you have with your body, are you wanting to be like this person that is judging your body and just like trying to get it into submission and like you're in a being war? Hateful? Yeah. And it's like, would you want that kind of relationship with anybody ever? Like, no. And of course, and that's why like that yeah. doesn't work out for us long term because yeah. it's toxic. It is toxic, and again, I think, you know, for those of us who are around younger people, whether it's our own kids or nieces and nephews or whatever, you know, if you think about, would you encourage them to be at war with their body? Yeah. And to try to hate themselves healthy? Right. Or to be perfect at it? Yeah. So we would see that for what it was. So if you can see all of this through the lens of, I deserve to nourish myself. And again, this doesn't just apply to food and this doesn't just apply to kale. Mm -hmm. I I nourished myself at Thanksgiving when I had a big slab of my homemade pecan pie. Which is delicious, by the way, because I had it before. I'm going to admit a little secret on here. Yep. I'm sure I'm going to get blowback on this one. I have experimented with every permutation of my pecan pie over the years to try to make it paleo and make it perfect. I do make a gluten-free pecan pie, but I use corn syrup. What? You heard it here. He uses corn syrup. I know. I know. Yeah. And it's like, (laughs) I I make this pie once a year. I've tried it with maple syrup. I've tried it with molasses. I've, oh my gosh, I've tried it with everything else and it's not the same. Hmm. And I want it the same. Yeah. And I'm glad you're owning that. So that is me nourishing myself. Oh my gosh. Like that on a scale of one to 10, that's like (laughs) 50,000. Like it is so worth it to me. And again, I, of course that you know, I had some sugar cravings for a day or so. I don't care. It is so worth it. So when you're seeing this through the lens, I deserve to nourish myself. I deserve to let go of all the nonsense that has been inundated upon me forever. Like it's like breaking the shackles mm-hmm. of all of it. And yeah, lean into eating some more real food. Like when you're thinking through the lens of nourishing yourself, you know darn well. You're not going to be saying to yourself, but it's so confusing. I get all these conflicting messages. I don't even know what to eat. I'll just go to Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. Like when you're like when you're sitting with yourself and like, I deserve to nourish myself. I deserve to give my body some nourishment. Mm-hmm. You know, you know intuitively that shopping the perimeter of the grocery store, eating more food that looks like food. Mm-hmm. You know... High quality food over. You know darn well that <clears throat> yeah. that what to eat, right? Yes. And again, wh- whatever your macros are, whether you're a vegan or paleo or keto or whatever, that is details, right? Right. Again, you can get super weird right. with all of that. Well, and I'm like, but, and reevaluating if that's really what well, is sure. serving you and your higher mission in life. For but. sure. But I guess my point is that. <laughs> regardless of kind of where you fall uh, on that spectrum, whether you eat meat, whether you eat grains, whatever, eating the vast majority of your kind of the real estate on your plate looks like food that your great grandmother would recognize as food. Mm -hmm. It's a whole different thing. Like our cellular energy is going to be so different. And 
for me, like my cognitive function, that was the biggest thing that shifted and helping alleviate symptoms of anxiety and depression, helping with hormonal rebalancing, Mm. right? Allowing my mitochondria to kind of come back online, my gut health to be restored. We think that, okay, all of those are physical. No, our body and our brains are and our mood, who we are, it is all so intricately connected that if you're trying to say, okay, well, it's all about calories, it's not. You're, yeah, you're totally missing it. And you you're are. not nourishing And I yourself. was too. I mean, that's... <clears throat> again, or your brain, right? Like exactly. there's so many people that struggle with eating disorders where when they're restrictive, that's all they care about. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they literally lose their brain. Like, yeah. That's the first thing to go when someone's mm-hmm. like getting extra sleepy, not remembering things. Like right. I see it. All My the brain time. fog was so out of control. I bet. I mean, and again, for me, I th- kind of thought I was eating healthy, but it was just, it was all the foods that were wrong for me. Right. That's, and not nourishing you know, yourself with no. enough calories. Not that we're going to get dogmatic about calories, but you have to also have enough, you know, and you have to be nourishing yourself. You absolutely do. And what's interesting is when you're prioritizing real food, you can start to trust your hunger and satiety signals. Like those come back online, like processed chemical laden foods really jack with the our signals. hunger and satiety signals. They kind of override them. They are designed to do that. They play on our kind of dopamine receptors, serotonin, all of those feel-good brain chemicals. So nourish yourself. All right, the last one, we'll we'll go quickly through this one, but it's a willingness to be curious and to experiment. Again, we're not throwing in the towel, Mm -hmm. right? Right, we're not going to – I mean, I think that goes in line with that commitment and and like basically saying we're not going to quit this thing. Like is that, okay, that didn't work. Let's try something. Or it doesn't work for for me and my family and my preferences and my goals. Right. Or my lifestyle or whatever. Like emotionally, this doesn't Mm -hmm. work, right? And I think people don't think about that. Now, I mean, how many times have you heard, Jenny, well, but this used to work for me? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, you're 40 now and you're talking about what worked when you were 22. Right. You have a completely different body, hormonal status. Lifestyle, family, stressors, right? So we need to, again, this is kind of like, you know, kind of in the vein of pretending we're robots, pretending that we're like an app. Mm -hmm. Like we've talked about this before. Like, okay, we need a a software update. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, well, this is no longer working. And, And understanding our bodies are going to continue to change, our preferences, all of it. Right. And we need to get comfortable with iterating. Yeah. And continuing to experiment. None of this is set in stone. And that's a, it makes it more fun, honestly. It does, but I do think it's it's scary it for is, a lot of there's people. There's nothing rigid or yep. there's no certainty. There's no certainty. And I think yeah. if you find yourself asking a bunch of other people, well, what are you doing? And what's that's this, it. you know, that's that's you trying to like have more certainty in your life and and we all are so unique, you know, and that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I guess, the biggest takeaway with the experimentation. We are all so unique and we're in unique places in our lives. Mm-hmm. Figure so, out what works so, for you. So, you know, when we started this episode, we were saying before you even start thinking about, you know, the tactical strategies, the food, the macros, the exercise that you want to, whatever, this is the precursor. This is the foundational work. And then, yeah, we do need the right information. We mm-hmm. might need some targeted support to kind of, okay, well, where do I start? Well, what we're saying is, yeah, you may need that, but you also 
can start right now without needing a bunch of support and information. Like, you know in your heart of hearts that it probably makes more sense to go to bed into, instead of staying up and watching three more episodes. Right. You know what I'm saying? Just Absolutely. using some, and this sounds pejorative or condescending, but just using a little bit of common sense. But it's true. And I you mean, know, I know even in my own journey when I'm kind of hiding in my own fears about we things. We hide in confusion. We've done, right. we've done, I've done that. Yes. that. Yeah. And I, did, yeah. I do that sometimes in business stuff too mm-hmm. where I'm like, well, I don't fully know how to do this 100%. And I'm like, well, just do it, fail, and figure out your failures as you go along. Or what and do like, I know? Yeah. That's where when if we can kind of calm down for a second and go, okay, I don't know maybe all the details, you know, about how I should be exercising or how I should be eating for my body and my goals. What do I know? Yeah. Oh, I know that it would probably make more sense to cook up some food to have at home, a big soup or stew Mm -hmm. versus running out of time and running through a drive-through, right? And again, that's, I'm not saying that that's easy. There's some friction there, but you probably know in your heart of hearts that you would feel better, save money, feel more nourished, feel more in alignment with your body by cooking some sweet potatoes and having that as your carbs with a meal instead of, you know. Taco Bell? Taco Bell or, yeah, <laughs> Which whatever. just hurts my belly so anyway, it's but yeah. because I forget. I'm like, what are the things? What are the things that yeah. people do? But that yeah, I, I mean. That I used to do, so. And it's just, yeah, it's just listening to our bodies mm-hmm. too. I think so much, so many people never learn or even, and learn how to listen to your body. Learn mm-hmm. how to become more aware in yeah. a way that's, that's nourishing. Yeah. And not hateful. For sure. sure. So (laughs) so we kind of rushed through the last little bit. But these four key categories, and we will have all of these in the show notes. So if your brain is like swirling around, um, go check it out. And just as a little reminder and kind of a checklist of things to just kind of check in on for yourself. And and just remembering that you deserve to feel good. Yes. You deserve to take care of yourself. And that's going to look different for all of us. Mm -hmm. And we're all starting from different places. And that's okay. It's absolutely okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. So um, happy holidays, everyone. And we will probably check back in with you after the new year would be my guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We both have, well, I'll speak for myself. I have a lot of traveling coming up, yeah. so it'll probably be in January. So yep. Yep. yes, be kind um, to yourself, be kind to others, and yeah, try to let go of some stuff this holiday yeah. season. Yeah, breathe and really enjoy the ride. Yeah, frozen, right. let it go, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see you on the other side. All right, take care.